Broncos, the wellness podcast brought to you by Bronco Fit, Boise State's campus wellness department. We are found on the first floor of the Norco building and aim to make Boise State America's healthiest learning environment. We've created this podcast with the goal of bringing you quick wellness tips and tricks to incorporate throughout your day. My name is Elizabeth Bricker and I'm Hannah Campbell and we are Bronco Fit Peer Health Educators. Welcome to episode two of the Balanced Broncos. We are so excited to be back with you this week for our second episode. We're going to be talking today about resilience and Hannah and I are going to discuss our own challenges and experience with resilience building since the pandemic really began impacting our lives back in March. Before we get started, I would like to thank the American Psychological Association and the New York Times for the information about resilience that we will be sharing with you all today. So I know personally, I in the past have thought of resilience as a specific personality trait that people either like have or don't have. And I thought in the past, I'm not very resilient. That's a problem with me, but really we've come to understand that resilience is thoughts, behaviors, and actions that we can all practice and learn. It's not something that you either have or don't have. The Minnesota Department of Health has defined resilience as a positive adaptation within the context of significant adversity. I really like that definition. It's something that we can do to change um, our outlook on on life and our challenges and to grow and adapt in the face of these challenges that we experience. So essentially resilience is the process of adapting to the challenges that we face, whether that is tragedy, trauma, or everyday stress and struggles. Resilience gives us tools and skills to navigate those challenges and grow from them. And before we kind of get into discussing Um, our own experience with resilience and why we really wanted to talk about resilience today, I would like to kind of give a little bit of a caveat. And that is when we're talking about resilience and these different things that we can use to essentially build our toolkit to to be able to better handle challenges, we're not talking about resilience to things such as childhood trauma and these really big, heavy things. There's things that can happen to us as children called adverse childhood experiences um, that that's essentially childhood trauma and resilience to those things are not built by each individual person. Those things have to be um, kind of given to children and are, is like their own biological development in the way that people have invested in them in the community, whether or not they've had access to childcare and stable guardians and adults and lack of violence in their community, all those different things. So I'm not talking about building your resilience to your parents' divorce or building resilience to abuse that you experienced as a child. Those sorts of things, that's not really what we're talking about. I'm talking to about resilience in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic and resilience to your car breaking down or losing your job or um, a challenging relationship with your parents this year. Um, you know, hard roommates, that sort of thing. We're not talking about building resilience to a suicidal ex-boyfriend. Those those types of things, that's not really what we're talking about. So just, just keep that in mind when we are discussing resilience um, and think about the challenges that happen kind of in your daily life and maybe, um, maybe have happened this year that you can learn from and grow from. So one of the main reasons that I wanted to talk about resilience today and when we were talking about what we wanted to go over and what we wanted our big wellness tip this week to be with myself and Hannah is just everything that's happened this last year. And for a lot of people, 2020 has been 
just the symbol of a hard year and like hard times for all of us. And I think a lot of us have experienced more adversity, more challenge, and more just kind of like heaviness Mm -hmm. this year than we ever have before. And I know the things that I was doing back in March to just kind of get through the day Mm -hmm. and feel like I had like good, a good outlook on life and remained positive and felt like I was enjoying my life were these resilience building things. And I really like clung to my toolbox at the time. Um, So yeah, what's, what's your experience been like this past? I'm so glad to hear that you were able to like utilize that toolkit. I feel like I had a different experience in that. I hadn't really thought about what my toolkit was beforehand. And I feel like, especially when this first started, I was just like, I feel like in survival mode. I was like, I just have to get through each day and not only all the challenges you mentioned, but this year just represented so much uncertainty and it was just so hard for me to not dwell on what's going to happen. Um, so this has definitely been a good learning opportunity for me. Um, and like you said, like trying to use those challenges as a way to grow. And I think it's kind of forced me to think about how I do react to adversity and how I do cope because yeah, I hadn't really absolutely actively done it before. I just had a challenge and gone through it, but not really thought about what am I doing. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for myself to get through that. For if sure. that makes sense. Oh, yeah. And I think, like, the challenging things that, you know, happened to me as a child, obviously I couldn't be consciously building resilience because right. that's not how resilience works when we experience trauma as children. It was more just, you know, things were happening to me and I couldn't couldn't do anything about it. But mm-hmm. thinking back, I can see if similar challenges had happened to me as an adult, like, the different tools that I could have used to handle that and how those would have been effective and, like, how now the challenges that I experience um, – how I take them in stride and the things that I was doing, you know, back in March to help myself are on this list and things that have happened this year in general. But I, I don't know like how conscious I was like, Oh, this is me building resilience to this. It's more just like, I need to get through. Mm -hmm. I, I, my whole attitude has been, I don't want to just like get through college and get through the pandemic and that's what I've been thinking about a lot and I think that resilience kind of helps us with that instead of thinking how can I just I need to just get through finals week I just need to like get through senior year of college I need to just get like I hate that kind of mindset of just trying to get to the next day Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the cool thing about resilience is here's how you can grow in the challenge here are the things that you can do to help improve your life and improve your mindset rather than just being in that survival mode that we've kind of talked about that it's really easy to just shut everything off and just think I just need to like physically get through this day right I love that and I feel like we all deserve better than just like I need to get through today it's like we deserve (laughs) to actively enjoy our lives and figure out how we're going to get through challenges and like you said take those in stride and do that so I love that and yeah I feel like I did come up with some like new coping things we'll come up with the things on the list but Mm -hmm. I feel like such a huge thing has just been, like, relying on the people around me in new ways and, like, being open about what I'm feeling and, like, this is a hard time. Um, And I think, like, as we have gotten back to school, I don't know how you feel, but I feel like it kind of got to the point where it's like, well, we're back to normal now. Like, everything's supposed to be back to normal. Right. And I think it's okay to say, like, it's, I'm still struggling. This is still hard, but you but you can then use that as an opportunity to like, how am I going to get through this? But I think being vulnerable has been like a really powerful Mm. thing for me. Yeah. That's a big one. 
And when I was doing the research for this episode, I was looking at all the different tools that are recommended to build resilience. And so mm-hmm. the things that we're going to talk about today in our own experiences, they're not the only tools that there are. There are so many. There's a lot of different strategies and things that are suggested. And, and really, when we talk about building your toolkit, it's, it's about what works for you. It's about what you have found that works for you. And additionally, since COVID is such a big challenge, the things that have worked for you in the past might not work anymore. Yeah. If you have been, you know, big on self-care, you really, you know, you really like running and you really like baking, but you found during the pandemic, those things aren't, aren't helping you and aren't, aren't there for you in the same way that they were before. We kind of have to continually refresh our toolkit, right? And, and keep thinking about the things that work or do not work for us. And, and that's, that's really valid. So let's go ahead and dive into these strategies. And I had looked at the ones, um, from the American Psychological Association and the ones that we're going to talk about today are specifically from an article um, written and discussed by some psychologists and it's an article in the New York Times. And I really just like the narrative way that they kind of discussed resilience and their own personal strategies. So the first one is practicing optimism. (laughs) And I think this can kind of turn, our our opinion of optimism can be really Mm Pollyanna-esque, like, what a, what, a, what a crappy day. No, it was the, you know, it was the best day <laughs> right. ever. Like all of these great positive things happen. And I think that that's, you know, less so how we really should be thinking about optimism. I think, I think sometimes, you know, that's our tendency to think that we have to just make everything seem positive. But the example that they give, that they give in the article is kind of like, after you lose your job, it's, it's really easy to think, oh, I'll never, I'll never recover from this. Mm-hmm. But they, they explain how an optimist would kind of acknowledge the challenge and say to themselves, you know, this is going to be hard, but it's a chance for me, you know, to rethink my goals a little bit and find work that really makes me happy. Um, and so I think it's less about determining that something that's really challenging is is super positive and I think it can be as simple as thinking it this is not as bad mm-hmm. as it as it actually seems like it's gonna be like maybe I can consider that this bad thing is not as terrible as it first seems right maybe there's an opportunity for this to end up being positive for me in the end or, or maybe maybe this is not as bad as I think it is that sort of thing yeah, I love that. I love that's not just like we have to pretend this challenge isn't happening. You can still right. acknowledge that and honor that, but like you said, yeah. like what could come from this challenge? I yeah. think is such a exactly. nice way to practice optimism. Exactly. Yeah. Like what are the what are the positive things that can come from this in the future? And even if you can't think of a single thing, just saying, I know that there have been hard things in the past. Positive things have come from that. Even if I don't want to think about it, I know that that has happened. So that's just an easy, easy way to practice optimism. And a lot of us are naturally pessimistic. I know I'm, I tend to be cynical. And so it's always helpful for me to have positive people around me, Mm -hmm. like you affirming (laughs) me (laughs) and telling me when I'm doing a good job and that sort of thing. You know, recognize the people in your life that are, that are giving you life and not taking it away from you. And keep those people around and keep them in your inner circle for sure. Absolutely. And even for me, just like vocalizing that situation and like being able to put that out makes me, definitely helps me put things in perspective. Yeah. So the next um, tip that they give is rewrite your story. Um, And this is really interesting. and And I was kind of thinking about this and essentially part of this is 
kind of watching and listening to yourself and, and the things that you're saying to yourself and about yourself and kind of ask questions about it. Mm. And I know there's a couple different kind of narratives that I kind of speak over myself and I've been stopping and thinking about about them, you know, say say that for the example from before you you lose your job and then you say to yourself, I'm a failure, I'm never going to get a job again. I can't believe my messed up whatever happened to have me cause me lose my job and then you just I think this comes with worry and anxiety as well. You kind of repeat these things over and over and kind of just let the track run in your head. And to me, this this tool is about recognizing when we're having those patterns and stopping them and using the optimism tool and saying, you know what, it's not my fault that I lost my job. These are the things that actually happened. Like what what is reality? I always say, you know, we're not always the most reliable narrators and our feelings and emotions are not a reliable narrator. So when I'm having a difficult challenge, how can I catch myself in those false narratives that I'm speaking over myself and kind of be able to pull out the things that are true and maybe the things that are based in my own worries? Yeah, that's a great one. I think it is so easy to fall into those patterns and obviously it can be hard to interrupt that but like you said even just naming that this is happening like yeah. oh I'm saying like this pretty negative thing about right. myself absolutely and making this a personal feel like failing on my mm-hmm. part yeah and that might not be the case yeah totally I think a lot of us have this narrative at this point that 2020 is the worst year of our lives right yeah 2020 sucks <laughs> it's a terrible year everything bad has happened this year there's been absolutely nothing and it's just like that's ridiculous like you got engaged this year and like you know maybe Trump will be you know it's just right (laughs) there's a lot of good things that have come from this year and from all of the challenges this year for me personally and you this applies to you because of the pandemic people understand public health more absolutely and they're validating what we're studying in school and what we've like devoted Right. You know, the last four years to learning about and and studying. And for me, that's been extremely gratifying to, to explain to people, you don't know what public health is. This is public health. This is why public health is important. Right, we're seeing it in action. Exactly, right now. exactly. And it's been so cool for me to see job opportunities and people just validating this thing that we're passionate about. And that's been, that's so cool. When does that, that's rare for for the whole world to then recognize the validity of your career mm-hmm. and say actually this is important and we we should invest in this right especially something like you said that's just kind of been like traditionally misunderstood right and not really appreciated right and not only all of that but just like the creativity I've seen come out of this oh, gosh, it's like yeah. people are finding ways to connect with those around them still in like new and innovative ways and I feel like one thing is I feel like I've connected with the people who don't like live in town anymore a lot more than I was and being a lot more intentional about those things and just like realizing those relationships are important yeah and realizing how many ways we have to like stay in contact with each other even if it's harder than it used to be and that's a great way to rewrite the narrative of 2020 Mm -hmm. right and I don't want to look back on this year and think that was the worst year of my life because that that is so unhelpful that is not us building resilience in any way and that is just not a great way to think about our lives so um yeah that's definitely a great tool 
The next one they suggest is don't personalize it. So essentially don't blame yourself and focus on what's wrong and say to yourself, this, isn't, this challenge is literally never gonna end. Here's all the things that I've done wrong to cause this situation. Just don't, it's not personal. These challenges that happen and come up in our lives, they're just not personal. I, I know, like for example, a lot of people don't get into the nursing program. Right. And then you're saying, you know, oh my gosh, I'm such a bad student. I'm never, ever going to get in. I'm never going to get a job doing something I like. This is my passion. Like, you really, like, just internalize and reflect on yourself and your failings when really it's just, like, you just, you didn't get in. Right. And obviously that's devastating. But I think it's easy for us to really reflect on our own skills and our own shortcomings when challenges and setbacks are not personal like that yeah I have such a hard time with this one it's so easy for me (laughs) to go into that like spiraling thoughts you're talking about and in that example you provided like not only is it not personal but while you're doing all that you just like undermined all the accomplishments that you did like absolutely yeah to get to that point um and we can kind of talk more about it later but I think that goes so well into that like fixed versus growth mindset we'll talk about later and the idea you were saying of like resilience being like inherent versus taught Mm -hmm. it's like um you know those things I just lost my train of thought on that but you know um yeah just saying with that that's not a reflection of you like you doing something wrong does not that it's not a reflection of you that's not your yeah and I guess like to your point on your train of thought thinking oh these things that happened to me as a child or these challenges Mm -hmm. from a child it's my fault for not handling it better it's Mm -hmm. my fault for having the struggles with it that I have now and it's like some of these resilience like resilience to aces adverse childhood experiences those are not taught right but you personalize it and you internalize it and you say the mental health problems that I'm having now are all my fault and it's like no it's not your fault this that sort of resilience is is not learned and so it's easy it's easy for us to just get all in our head about about our challenges and things that happen when really it's not personal definitely the next one and this is my absolute favorite one and I use this all the time and I didn't realize that it was a resilient skill is remember your comebacks (laughs) yes and so I was having a conversation with my mom about um kind of a struggle that she was having and we all do this this year. You say to yourself, wow, 2020, what a hard year. But I didn't get coronavirus. I don't know anyone in a long-term care facility that I can't visit. Uh, no one in my family has died. I don't have, I haven't been evicted from my housing. I have food security. I have financial security. I have a great network. I shouldn't have any sort of problems. I should be absolutely thriving. I should be doing so perfectly well. I can't believe I'm struggling and you just cannot validate your own challenges and your own emotions because you're so focused on how bad everything is right and how much worse it is for other people right how much worse it is for other people and really no matter what you're going through even if you had the worst experience of your life someone somewhere is suffering more than you are and that really is the fact of life and focusing on that Maybe if that works for you, that works for you. But really, I think that in the end, that's not helpful. And we need to especially not do that this year. It's your struggles have legitimacy and are are valid. Like everyone, everyone struggles. But the real the real tool here is to be able to look back on 
things that you've struggled with in the past and say to yourself, look what I've gotten through. The example in the article was this woman who apparently had a very public firing from, she worked on Wall Street. But she, and she was going through a really messy divorce, but she said to herself, nothing was worse than when I was bullied in seventh grade. Wow. I can handle this. <laughs> nothing is worse than that. And that, first of all, is, is upsetting that she had that experience, but I definitely do this. I say to myself in very practical ways, I only got five hours of sleep last night. I can't believe I have to go to work tomorrow and make it through the work day. But I say to myself, well, you know what? It's not as bad as that time that I got four hours of sleep and then I had to take an A and P quiz and I had an eight hour work day on top of it and blah, 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 blah. And that, that reminds me that I've been resilient in the past and that I've been strong and overcome challenges in the past. And it really helps me to feel like I can get through what I've been going through. Like, you know that you have the tools to get through this. You've proven it before and you can do it again. And that is a concept that we talk about in public health called self-efficacy, which is really like your, your perception of your ability and how important it is to perceive that you can do things and to understand that you're capable and competent. And this to me is really, really important. And so when I'm going through hard things, I mean, my seventh grade wasn't the best either, but I have specific experiences that I go back to. And I think to myself, yeah, this was bad, but you know, nothing as bad as sophomore year when I would get up in the middle of the night to study because I couldn't stay up, you know, whatever it is for you, I challenge you guys to like think back and kind of pull out those stories, not in a traumatic way, but the stories that were like a victory moment for you where you had something challenging happen but you overcame it and you were able to do good things and rise to the challenge. Because I think that that's like such a powerful tool to say to yourself, sure, you know, I I failed, I failed statistics. But, you know, back in high school, I was doing really bad in my biology class and I somehow managed to get an A at the end because of X, Y, Z and think through the strategies from the past that you, you know, had and kind of what got you to that point and I just think this is a really like positive empowering thing that we can do for ourselves yeah I completely agree and I think that even goes with some of the other things we said like rewriting your story like what a powerful thing that at that time when that past thing happened to you like you might have viewed it as the worst thing but now looking back on it you see it as a success story you see it as your victory so I think that's really powerful exactly the next one is supporting others um they discussed how resiliency is a lot of it is taking responsibility for your life and then creating a life that you consider to be meaningful and purposeful. And that can be, you know, a a more modest mission such as your family. Um, and it really can be any sort of thing that has meaning to you as long as it pushes you through adversity. And, and so being, being part of community is really important. Um, in, just investing in other people and and understanding that life is not just about you and and being willing to kind of step outside yourself and your challenges to enter into other people's lives and encourage them especially right now is really helpful and asks ask someone else how are you how are you doing in 2020 how has this year been for you can kind of help us leave our challenges in the rearview mirror and and focus on other people yeah and I love that bit about admission I think that's so important for college students like if you are struggling in school it's like we're here you came here for a reason you had a goal 
and remembering yes. what that may have been. Yes, I love that. That has been, I've had a little bit of a crisis this year <laughs> trying to decide what to do with my life, and I think a lot of that is because I've kind of forgotten my passion for public health and, and, and being renewed in it right now, but I think this year has been, this academic year has been so uninspiring for a lot of us that it's easy to forget our mission and vision with our academic goals. Like, no, I did want to go to med school. I did want to become a counselor or whatever it is. Try not to lose sight of that mission and vision in this challenging year. I think that's super important. The next one is taking stress breaks. Ooh, I love this one. <laughs> this one is great. One of my favorite strategies when I feel myself kind of spiraling with, with some worry or some stress that I have going on, you know, say the challenge is you can't figure out like your insurance or something like that. It's easy to kind of capture the worry or the challenge and just mull on it and just like let it go round and around in your head. But, but take a break, like take an intentional break from that stress. I like to take the worry and like mentally in my, in my mind, I have a vision of like a specific closet <laughs> and I put the worry in a box and then I put it away in the closet and then I'm like, you know what? I can come back to this later. I can, there, there will be plenty of time to worry about this later. Right. It's not going away. It's not going away. But for right now, I'm going to put it on the box in the shelf and I'll come back to it. I don't need to spend the rest of today worrying about it. That's so great. And I think a lot of us have had fatigue with talking about the pandemic. I've heard a lot of people say that, especially at the beginning. We're tired of all these conversations about the pandemic. We want to talk about something else. And I think that's, this is a great opportunity. Take a break from it. Yeah. Take a break. Talk about cooking. Talk about the book you're reading. Just just take a break from the challenge and, and trying to figure out figure it out and problem solve it and do something else. Yeah, I think especially... For me, it's helpful in those situations where it's like, I don't know what the solution is going to be. And like you said, just giving yourself that permission yeah. to step aside and yeah. step away from that is so great. Absolutely. The last one that they list is getting outside your comfort zone. And this goes back to self-efficacy. Um, essentially just establishing for yourself that you can do hard things. And that can be, you know if you really hate rock climbing, which I definitely don't love it, um, like going rock climbing and then saying, well, you know what? I was really afraid of that, but I did it. Or they talked about triathlons. I did a couple triathlons last year. And I, and for me, that I, that's, I've used that so many more times than I think as like the remembering your comeback one, along with the comfort zone one, to say to myself, I had no idea what I was doing. And I did these triathlons or I started like doing more distance running I use like those victories for myself and kind of like the getting outside your comfort zone for other challenges in my life. Like, you know what? I can do hard things. I'm capable of, you know, using, using my self-efficacy and, and my, my strengths and my skill set to do these other things. And I can push myself in these unique ways. Like <laughs> not done with my scarf yet, but I'm like, <laughs> I can make a scarf, you know, those sorts of things that kind of like stretch us and grow us are other ways to establish our resiliency in kind of these like unique and tangible ways. I think that's a great one. I'm assuming like with things like the triathlon and the scarf, it's like those are things you were wanting to do, but for right. whatever reason, maybe in the past yes. you were kind of getting in your own way exactly, with it. Exactly, exactly. It's so easy to say to ourselves, I could never do that. that. That's been the biggest thing for me with getting into running 
is I've always said, well, I could never do that. And, and sure, maybe I can never run a six minute mile, but I can run a 5k, I can run a 10k, I can run a half marathon. Like it's, it's not, if you say to yourself, I can't do this, like I cannot overcome this challenge. It's those sorts of things aren't going to happen, but I really like the get outside your comfort zone strategy because it's kind of like establishing for yourself little by little with these fun things that you can do these challenges and you you are good at things and you can do more than you think you can. Absolutely. And for me, that's really the crux of resiliency. It's kind of establishing for myself, I am capable, I am confident, and I know I can, I know I can do these things with these tools in mind and, and with intentionality. I think that's the main thing that I saw when I was reading through all these different articles about building our resilience toolkit is like being intentional with solving these problems. And it's not just this passive, it'll improve. I mean, it will improve over time, but we really have to be reflective of our own experiences and reflective of challenges in order to reframe them in our mind and really get something from it right resilience is about growing becoming better people improving our character and if that's not something that you're interested in and you aren't interested in growing and and becoming a better person then resilience really (laughs) it's not for you because it definitely does take intentionality and challenge absolutely having an active role in what's happening to in your life absolutely i love that like having an active role in what's happening to you and it's 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 more active than it is passive in the way of things happening to you as well. You know, you can say to yourself, this bad thing happened to me, but now I'm the one that is responsible for my response to it. Exactly. I will get to build the narrative of how I talk about this, right? Like telling ourselves the story, rewriting the story. I'm the one that's going to tell people how this divorce has affected my life or how this miscarriage or what have you has impacted me. And for me, there's like comfort in that. It's like, Oh, all yeah. these things happen to us, and this gives me, like, a small bit of control. to yeah. I get to control how I respond to it. Absolutely. So that concludes the wellness tips and tricks segment of the podcast. Again, we challenge you guys to try these different tips and tricks as we finish out 2020 to just continue building your resilience for challenges that come up in the future. There's never been a better year for us to practice and build resilience. 2020 has definitely been challenging for everyone. So to kind of recap the things that we've went over, practicing optimism, rewriting our story, not personalizing things, remembering our comebacks, supporting others, taking stress breaks, and getting outside of our comfort zone. Those are our different tools that we have in our resilience building toolkit. 2020 is really a unique year for us all. And as Hannah and I have kind of reflected on how we are really the only ones that can shape the narrative from this year and and talk about and reflect upon the different challenges that we had this year. So next we're going to talk about something called the growth versus fixed mindset that kind of builds off of this idea of resilience and is another way that we can um, improve and thrive in the face of challenges. Yeah, absolutely. So I think growth versus fixed mindset, it's like our mindset is a tool for resilience, which we kind of talked about earlier. Um, So essentially, a growth mindset is a belief that our abilities and intelligence can develop and change, while the fixed mindset is the belief that these things are inherent. So you even talked about, like, at the beginning of this, that you thought resilience was just something 
You either had right. or didn't have, yeah, but exactly. throughout this whole conversation, we've shown that that's something you develop for yourself. And this Absolutely. growth mindset is a way that you can do that. Um, so for a personal example of this, for me, I'm in epidemiology, which has been very interesting, <laughs> but also I just yeah. had my first test and I didn't do as well as I wanted. And it was so easy for me to be like, I'm just not smart enough to do this. I'm just really struggling, but a growth mindset is like, okay, well, I'm going to use this as an opportunity to improve. I'm going to do better next time. Right. And so I think that's just like a relevant example for that. Um, and yeah, just kind of going off of that. It's important to know this mindset because it affects how we view challenges and difficulty. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, how we talked about earlier, just like, are you going to have a role in this challenge and improve from it? Or are you just using that as a, using it as a way to show like, this is a poor reflection of me or this Mm -hmm. is a personal failure? I think um, going off of our discussion of eight dimensions of wellness last week, this for me is a great way to develop our like occupational intellectual wellness because oftentimes employers will ask you interview questions and kind of have you reflect back in the interview about your past jobs. And I think this like growth versus fixed mindset is a great way to think about your past experiences that you've had at jobs and like talk about you know, the, the ways that you rose to the occasion and, and the challenges that maybe you had in past jobs, but how you, you know, grew from them and were willing to, willing to improve rather than just being the type of person that is like, oh, well, I, I didn't do so well at that last job. And, and that obviously reflects poorly on me, but instead, you know, discussing it in a way that encourages them to think about your skill set and the positive things that you bring to the table. I think that this is like a good way to like intellectually view our experiences. I agree. And it's like, none of us can know a hundred percent of everything. We can't have every skill, but all of us have the ability to improve the skills that we have and what like abilities we may start out with. Oh yeah. Um, and I think kind of the cool thing about this is you can actually see like how growth versus fixed mindset affects us like in our brain. So I only took mm. two semesters of anatomy and physiology, <laughs> so I'm certainly not an expert when talking about this, but just when doing research in this, a growth mindset encourages us to develop new neural pathways, which is mm. essentially just making like new connections in our brain. Yes. And so if you have that growth mindset, you're engaging deeply with those challenges so you can learn from them and adapt versus a fixed mindset, that kind of connection just isn't happening. It's a lot more stagnant. Like yeah. they look at different pictures of the brain. So like I said, I don't know all the technical, but it is just really cool to see. It's like, you can see what's happening. You can I see the that. physical I representation. That. And that's a great encouragement for us when we are practicing these resiliency tools. These things are literally building the pathways in your brain and helping you, um, you know, become stronger and healthier and have a a faster and more effective brain like that that's really cool um being able to actually change the way your body functions like through these tools I just think that that's that's super great I actually learned about the growth versus fixed mindset in my French class in high school really my teacher was she's really cool she was like a, a Peace Corps volunteer back in the 90s or whatever but she talked about this in terms of like how we did on our tests like you mentioned and and how we would do in the class and just the different ways that we can think about those challenges this is a really good one for for academic <laughs> academic struggles for sure because it's so easy to just feel like absolutely defeated 
in the face of not doing as well as we would like. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you brought your teacher into that because there is so much research on like the benefits that this mindset has for students. Yeah. And I feel like more and more schools are trying to recognize that, especially in higher education. So when preparing for this, looking at different things. So I know we gave a lot of tips earlier, but California State University also had a couple tips about specifically developing this growth versus fixed mindset, which is a tool for resilience. So one of the things they said was acknowledging that it's okay to fail and again just using that as a chance to learn what you did wrong so you can learn how to do it better next time and I think while we're in school we have access to so many different resources to do things like that things like office hours all the instructional centers the tutoring centers um, so things like that so I encourage students to take advantage of that that's such a good one okay to fail I love that. Definitely. And that was so helpful for my test. Like, I can know what I did wrong this time, so I won't make that mistake next time. Yeah. Definitely. And then the power of yet was another big thing that came up, and that was also a big theme. Carol Dweck was kind of one of the main researchers who pioneered this idea of growth versus fixed mindset. Um, so I think the main thing is just not focusing on just results right now and changing your language. And that kind of goes along with what you are talking about earlier of changing our mindset. So it's like... I don't know this, but I don't know it yet. You know, it's not like I'll never get it. It's just I'm not ready yet. I don't understand this concept yet. That's such a big thing that I that I've thought about, too, because it feels like, oh, my goodness, all these people know so much more than I do. Our teachers know so much more. The senior, you know, whatever it is, but you have to recognize this is where I'm at. But there's so much, like you said, opportunity for learning and opportunity to grow and develop and and focusing more on on the opportunity for you to learn more and improve rather than your shortcomings. Yeah, absolutely. And that just it goes along with the thing. It's like it's not inherent. You can always change right. those things. And then finally, the last thing they did was not alone. Um, remembering that you're not alone. So that university does a program for science and math students called This Is My Story, where you can hear from other students about their failures, successes, and tips. And this came from the fact that like science and math curriculum is traditionally very challenging um and the school recognized this and actually worked to like build it into their curriculum which I think is so cool like acknowledging this growth mindset there and so I think for Boise State students just remembering again that you're not alone and prioritizing those connections with those around us you know being open about maybe a challenge you're having and learning from one another I think is so helpful I love that this reminds me of a time which I always think about when I'm going back to kind of my remember your comebacks mm-hmm. I got a zero on a stats quiz oh my gosh, like I, I literally got a zero I got no points <laughs> absolutely no points. I have like a bonus one for your name <laughs> not like, like literally 1%, nothing. <laughs> not two. I got a zero and I still got an A in the class like it, it's it's okay obviously a lot of other people did really poorly as well and and it happens and I and I think that this you are not alone okay to fail these these ones are are just so helpful like in our our daily lives especially in our academic lives and I think the most important thing too when you were talking about earlier being being vulnerable being able to share with people I got a zero on my stats quiz being able to say I'm struggling too midterms was hard for me too and and we really do ourselves a disservice when we toe this line of I'm perfect Mm -hmm. I do everything perfectly I hold the world on my shoulders we need especially as upperclassmen to be able to share with other people we have failed (laughs) we are struggling it's hard and and we really support each other well in the community when we're able to kind of step out in that and 
and share our struggles with other people. Absolutely. It's so easy to compare ourselves to other people and just assume everyone else has it figured out. Like, maybe with that test, your first thought might have been, like, everyone else probably did so much better than me. But like you said, there are probably a lot of other people who struggle, too, and just being open about that and learning from one another and showing that those mistakes weren't, like, a final sentence right. for us. Yeah. I'm not the only one that can't calculate standard deviation by That's hand. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't there calculators for that? <laughs> yeah, but thank you for sharing those tips. I think those are super awesome and, and great things that we can incorporate into our daily lives for sure. So we've now reached the segment of our show where we talk about our wellness wins and shortcomings. <laughs> um, this is a great way for Hannah and I kind of just to check our own balance on the dimensions of wellness and kind of see see where we stand and just a good check-in for ourselves um, to establish our how we're meeting our personal goals. So my win this week was I feel like I did a good job connecting to my friends, whether that was via FaceTime with my friend that lives in Germany or, or catching up this weekend with one of my old roommates. That was really great. So my my social and emotional health was really popping off. It was great. <laughs> as far as my physical health, it, it wasn't as on point as it was last week. Okay. Definitely need to step it up with um, with my physical activity. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's okay. There's room for growth, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And our balance can look different. Yes. Constantly. Absolutely. So, so that was that's kind of where I stood with that. All right. As far as this week was definitely a bit of a struggle. It's like last week I had midterms. I have a big test coming up this week. I feel like as a result, I wasn't doing as great in balance as I should have. But using this as a chance to say, like, even though that was hard, there's still always like some wins. Um, so one small thing was I was able to see my family last weekend for the first time like since COVID. It was especially exciting because my cousin had a baby like like right in March or April and so this is the first time I was able to see the baby so it was very nice it was very exciting to have that like emotional connection as far as the eight dimensions goes and then for shortcomings uh, I feel like I got to the point where I was feeling so overwhelmed with what I had I just mm -hmm. kind of shut down and put a lot of things off yeah um and so I'm hoping to realize that I can tackle those challenges. I think this conversation has been a great reminder yeah, of that absolutely. and to go into that for the next week. Awesome. Well, I think you're doing a great job and there's always, you know, opportunity for improvement next week. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for tuning into episode two of the Balanced Broncos. Try our weekly wellness tip practicing resilience as you go about your week this week. As always, please follow our social media. Boise State Health Services as our handle on Instagram. We are also found on Facebook and we have a TikTok now, which is very exciting. There's some really high quality TikToking happening over there. Um, so head on over and check out those videos. We hope you have a great rest of your week and are able to kind of balance the eight dimensions as you go about this week nine of the fall academic year.